Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. I'm always being told to quiet down, not speak up. Anyone else have that problem? I know. Not shut up, just quiet down. I, just, I get it. I, I'm a lot. Um, I lost my, my, I didn't lose my iPad. I forgot my iPad, so I got my laptop here. Don't let it throw you off. I won't let it throw me off either. <laughs> wow. I just, oh man. Glory. Could we just sing it again? Oh, hey. I'm just, I want to. I really do. I'm the last person in the room that wants to stop worshiping. I'm just gonna, maybe, maybe there's a few of you with me, but I just, I think it's half the church, but uh, I love a church. I love our church. Man, there's something so special going on in this room. Um, there really is. Um, there's something so special. Like you guys, we'll, we'll stop church in, you know, in a little bit and, uh, and y'all won't leave. <laughs> You'll just hang out and talk with each other and fellowship and love on each other. That's just what will happen. I know it happens every Sunday for the past five and five and so years. I love this church. You guys are amazing. So if you're, if you're here, honestly, uh, welcome. If you're new, um, I always tell people, date us for a little bit. There are a lot of really awesome, amazing churches in Orange County. We're not the only one, um, but I do, I am preferential to this one. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I will say that if you ever, um, if you ever feel a sense of like, uh, th- there's a common theme that I hear when new people come into the church. One of them is, well, I just feel Jesus here. Um, I, I, I hear a lot of, uh, I just feel really welcomed. I feel really safe. But I also hear, I get nervous when I'm at this church. <laughs> I kid you not. I hear this by dozens of people over the years. I get nervous. I get a little like, I get a little, uh, I get nervous. I get, I get scared. And, um, and you know, I think about the times when I've come into really powerful environments. I get nervous and scared a little bit. Right? The thing inside me tries to become insecure or something. You guys ever get insecure in church? I know, never. But, <laughs> but you see, people don't get nervous and, and scared in, um, in atmospheres where there's no reason to, to take risk and to be pushed into something stronger. Does that make sense? There's, there's, no, there's no reason. If you're just in a, in a, in a very peaceful environment where there's no, nobody's, there's no risk-taking, there's no, uh, there's, no, there's no growth happening, then, uh, then there's really no reason... To, to be uncomfortable and to be a little nervous. Does that make sense? So in a sense, I love that people feel really welcome and they feel Jesus. That's what they're supposed to feel. But I also love that they get a little nervous. Because if you're not getting a little nervous and, and you're not feeling a little uncomfortable, then you probably don't need the comforter. And, and, and today is Pentecost. And who did we get on Pentecost? What was the church received the comforter? So I get excited in a church that needs the comforter, you know, fairer than pretty much every Sunday. So if, uh, if we worship a little too long for you or it was a little bit, man, did you hear the drums? Yeah. Like I was, I was up there going like, what are they doing? Like that? And was that, were they supposed to do that? And then I was just, and the Lord just says they're prophesying. They're prophesying. You know that instruments will prophesy. David used them, right? The, 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 and so the Levites were prophesying with their instruments. So I just love it. Every now and then you see something like really jump out. I think they're always prophesying. But every now and then when, when you know, Tiff's not actually singing and electric guitar goes off and the drums on like, 
is like in heaven or something like that, right? And something's going on. And I don't know. I just, I just kind of submit that to you guys. I wonder what they're prophesying. Okay, I'll leave that with you guys. You don't get all the answers. All right. Because um, <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> but we have somebody that does. And did you know today's Pentecost? Okay, sorry. Um, all right, so today's Pentecost. If you don't know, Pentecost actually is not 50 days. The Pentecost means the 50th. But it's actually, and, and I'm just going to show this so that you guys get to be world, into my little world of learning and growing. I, 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 uh, when I was telling August, my son, he's seven, about Pentecost, I said, it's 50 days after Easter. And then I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I had to look it up. Listen, don't judge me, all right? I'm trying to make you guys feel like better about your, about your like anything you don't know about God, like welcome. welcome. Welcome into the world of not knowing everything about God, all right? You do not need to be a scholar of this book and, and, and Israel's history to, to walk a life of love and passion and purpose um, with the Father. Amen? All right. So, so Pentecost is actually 50 days after Passover, which is before, obviously before the cruci- crucifixion. It was actually 10 days after the ascension when Jesus actually ascended. He told them. He said, I want, he told his disciples. He says, I want you to go and wait. I want you to go and wait. And I want you to go wait for wait for me. I want to wait for, wait for me. I, he says, I want you to go pray. And I love, I'm going to read Acts. We're going to we're jump into Acts. If you want to go ahead and turn to Acts, uh, Acts 1 or 2 first, and then we're going to backtrack in Acts 1. He, he told him to go wait. And where did he, he told him to wait? And it's a group of about 120 people. There was more, but they got bored. And, and the 120 were like, we're not going anywhere. We want something. We want some, whatever you're going to give me, I want it. And so he tells them to go wait. And so they go wait in a large room, 120 of them. I don't know how big that room was, but I don't think the room was this size. It was probably smaller. So maybe even in your mind, as you're thinking about this, you haven't thought about it. Think about it. It's a cramped room, probably. A lot of people shoved in there, maybe. Um, it's possible that, you know, that they were like in different rooms or something like that. I don't know. But so, and, and so they were, they were told, and they started a prayer meeting, one of the more famous prayer meetings in history. Right? One of the more famous prayer meetings. In Acts 2, or, uh, Acts 2 verse 1, we're going we're gonna to go talk. So I just want you to understand a little bit of context. It's not the point of the story, but it's interesting to recognize that he, he, all these Christians now, um, they, 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 are now the per, they are now persecuted before, even more so than they were when Jesus was walking around. And they're all a little bit nervous. They're a little bit scared because they're not sure what the future of the, of their, of the way is. They're not sure what it looks like to be, continue to walk um, in, the, in the ways of Christ. Am I right? This is what, I mean, this is where they're at. They, don't, they haven't read the rest of the story yet. And so ver- chapter two, it says this. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Say one place. I love it. And suddenly, say suddenly. You knew I was going to do that. Come on, at least my wife did. She knows me. <laughs> and suddenly there came from a heavenly, they came from heaven a noise, say a noise, like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Like the plant started like moving, right? And Destiny's hair started waving a little bit. <laughs> But I'm just trying to picture, like, what would it look like for the wind to start picking up in the room, right? I was telling August about this, and I was telling him about Pentecost. I was like, and that plant would have just started stirring a little bit. Maybe it happened a little bit. Maybe it was suddenly, and it was suddenly was like, 
But it was suddenly, the wind started blowing in the room, right? And there appeared to them tongues of fire. Say tongues of fire. Tongues of fire distributing them, uh, uh, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. So you're looking around like, there's a fire for you, fire for you, you get a fire, you get a fire, you get a fire, you get a fire, you get a fire. Everybody gets fire, right? And so fire and wind is like boom, it's just everywhere. You know, Psalms talks about the angels like wind and fire. And so this, oh, I bless you two over there. I saw you guys like, you guys got, this is going to be great. You're going to do great. Okay, yes, you are. For the next hour, you're going to do great. Um, <laughs> he's got the fire. <laughs> we're going to let him preach. All right. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, there were many, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men. So then it goes on to talk about how all these people. They started flooding out into the streets, talking in these other languages. And, and, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? So verse 15, oh, so then, and then Peter, verse 14, Peter taking his stand with the 11. Remember, this is Peter that didn't actually want to be associated with Jesus a few chapters before. A few, like a week before, like, well, 40, you know, a number of days, all right? I'm not doing the math right now. I'm not in my right mind. And Peter, Peter, Peter raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. So this is the, this is the gift of Pentecost. That, and it shall be in the last days. We're in the last days. Say, I'm in the last days. We're in the last days, all right? In the last days that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall, shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will see in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This, this is how you know your church has the Holy Spirit living and active in it. Your young men, your old men, dreams, visions, prophecy, signs and wonders on earth, um, to all this stuff, is, it'll be evident, right? You will know these Christians by these things. Oh, it's not the message, but that's, I'm, it's a good thing. It's a good, it's a good thing when you hear testimonies, people getting healed, saved, and delivered in your church. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to back up. I'm, I asked my wife to pray for succinctness and focus this morning, all right? I'm going to pray right now. Lord, <laughs> I see you guys for, <laughs> I feel it I, enjoy, I love it I need it Lord help me help me there's a beautiful message God that you've given for this amazing family in this church God God I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today that it would land on us that it would enrich us that it would fellowship with us God that your Holy Spirit would, would convict us God of all our righteousness and all of our goodness that you've put in us God I just pray. <laughs> oh, amen. Woo. All right. 
I'm serious. I'm going to hold it together. Not, not, not entirely. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, this is when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Now, I believe it was John 20 when he actually, Jesus actually said, I'm leaving now and I'm giving you, I'm giving you this, I'm giving you the Spirit. He says, he says when he said this, he, it's Jesus, uh, verse 20, 21, and he said, this is back before he ascended, right when he was ascending. He says to his disciples, he says, he, he he said again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I send you. So he's leaving and he's sending them. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So the disciples were actually receiving the Holy Spirit here is what the Bible says. But it was in, the, it was in Acts 2 that the church received it and it empowered them. What did it empower them to do? In Acts 1, 8, it says, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witness. Say witness. witness. You'll be my, what do you, what, why would we be a witness? And who to? Right? It's not a witness to each other because they already are witnesses to each other already. They already know who Jesus is. He's already witnessing it. So a witness in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and even to the remote parts of the earth. So why do we have the Holy Spirit? To be a witness. This isn't uh, to have like really like juicy worship and the Holy Spirit shows up, right? It's, it's not to see like miracles happen in front of us. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to us so we could have like butterflies in our stomach when we thought about God. The Holy Spirit was given to us to be a witness. To be a witness. This is, this is the reason that Jesus says, I'm going away and I'm going to leave with you somebody Better. It is better that I leave you. No, I don't, I don't think so, Jesus. I've really loved our time together, and there is much more I don't know. Why would you leave us now? And he says, it's better that I go. And why? Why? Because the heart of God is that, the mission of God is that none shall perish. God's mission is that every knee shall bow, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. That's the mission of God. It's not so you get blessed, that you get prosperous. That's all in there, right? You are a blessed and prosperous people. Look at on according to the, um, what, the promise to Abraham. We are under that promise. But that's not the mission of God on earth. The mission is that everyone would know him. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit was given to us for that purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, one of the reasons why, one of the things I felt like the Lord wanted to do today, um, and I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm preaching next week too. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> thank you. I love you. <laughs> Words of affirmation might be my love language. Um, <laughs> The Lord says many nice things about me, I promise. <laughs> but I, I feel connected when you guys do. Um, so <laughs> oh, listen, um, all right, so, so I, I was just dreaming about, God, what would I do? What would you want to speak on, on Pentecost and the next Sunday? And I just thought, you know, honestly, I, just want, I love the Holy Spirit, but I think I, felt, I was feeling some things about the Holy Spirit that, that he wanted to bring up. And today I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? The person of the, say the person of the Holy Spirit. Say he's a person. Say he, he's got feelings. Say he's got a body. Listen, he's a person. All right. I'm going to read some scripture. Turn to John 14.
All right, so John, uh, John 14. I'm going to, uh, some of the verses really start hitting it around 16, but I'm going to back up to 12 because there's just some good truth in there. And I think some of you guys need to hear the stuff. All right. So verse 14, John 14, 13, or uh, 12, I'm sorry. Oh, we'll start at 11. It says, uh, it says, believe me, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, if you don't know. And I, I like to, every now I like to think about, uh, there's people in the room that have read the Bible once or twice in their life or not at all. Maybe your Bible's coming in the mail right now. Um, amen. And so, <laughs> and so I like, you know, I, I'll do my best to set the stage for different people. But so this is Jesus talking and, and it's actually called Jesus comforts his disciples. This is before, this is before he was crucified, obviously. This is before he was betrayed. He's still talking to his disciples. It says this in verse, uh, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. I'm going to say that again. Whoever believes in me, the works I do, he will also do. You think he's talking about all the works that he does? I would think so. He's not saying, I mean, I think he would have said, like, except the really cool ones. <laughs> except the ones that uh, I reserve the glory for myself for. You know, like, it doesn't say, it says, all the works I do, he'll do. And then, greater works than these, he will do. Say greater works. Greater works. Because I go to the Father. Why would we, how do we get to do these greater works? Because he's leaving. He's leaving us, right? Don't leave. Please don't leave. But he's leaving us. And he says this. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Isn't that interesting? It says, if you ask me anything, verse 14, in my name, I will do it. You guys, anybody here believe that verse? I mean, you have a hard time believing that verse sometimes. Yes. Being real with you, like, come on. I love. I, I was as I was doing a lot of reading and research, and I just I was getting so blessed by everything I was seeing and stuff. But I love what someone said: the greater works than these I will do because I go to the Father. He's wanting the one. It was it was put out. The greater works are the whatever and the anything. That the greater works of God really aren't just like bigger miracles. Because I don't know that God like labels miracles bigger or smaller. Amen? Right? Um, but, but, he, but I think the greater works are oftentimes it's the whatever and the anything. The greater works that we get to do are now we get to ask him for stuff according to his name and his will and purpose for us. And he'll do them. And those are the greater works. And so there's a, there is actual a greater works in the, in, the, um, in, in the everyday things that we get to do with him and ask him for. That doesn't mean I'm not asking for like more dead people raised more metal dissolving. I want all the works. Um, they all glorify him. Okay, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's interesting. So he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you think it's connected? Just, just throwing out Bible study questions right now. Do you think it's connected? Do you think the what, that he'll do anything we ask? Do you think it's connected to loving him and following his commandments? I, I kind of wonder, I wonder that if we're, at, if, we're, if we're truly following him, loving him, interacting with him, we'll ask for the things that his heart already wants to do in our lives. Verse 16, I will ask the Father 
and he will give you another help. So I'm going away, but I will ask the Father and he will give you another, a helper. Say helper. helper. That he will be with you forever. He'll be with you forever. Forever. He's not leaving. He'll be with you forever. That's awesome. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. So does the world see the Holy Spirit walking around on the earth? Scripture says it doesn't. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that's in you, crying out, Abba, Father, right? So he puts those, the Spirit in you. That's great. Let's keep, I'm going to just jump down to uh, verse 26, uh, 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, say all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And so this is probably just saying this because listen, I'm about to leave and you guys are flipping out. Peace. <laughs> peace. See, he's the helper. The Holy Spirit has a purpose on the earth. We're gonna talk about four things. Before I do that, I'm gonna, I, I found a really fun list. I'm gonna read it off. These are all the things the Holy Spirit does in our life. You ready? I love this. He, he guides you. He reveals, he leads, he empowers, he teaches, he testifies, he renews, he washes, he guarantees, he quickens, he fills, he produces, he distributes, he dwells, he speaks to you, he speaks through you, he cries, he strengthens, he enables, he anoints, unifies, frees, seals, he groans, he supplies, he accesses, he confesses, he teaches you all things, he knows all things, he casts demons aside, he heals. He remembers and he points. Man, he does a lot for us. Isn't that amazing? When I was, um, I want to share briefly just my story with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, when I, I, I had a really slow, some of you guys know I've shared my testimony a few times, but I had a really slow start to my Christianity. Um, most people I meet today, um, I'm just like jealous how quickly God became real to them and, and the word opened up to them. It took me a good five years, uh, maybe, yeah, arguably about five years to figure out um, that I, I really wanted God all in. Um, I, I, I was thinking about it this morning with him and just, just talking about this time. He was reminding me of a couple things and he, and he reminded me, he says, Jesse, you, you were trying to figure out how to have as much of your old life as you could while still being a Christian. <laughs> I was like, that's so true, God. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was trying to have, uh, I was trying to have my cake and eat it. I was trying to, I was trying to keep the cake with you being the frosting. <laughs> just let me keep all the things I like to do and you could just be the frosting on top, right? Making the cake look beautiful and, and sweet and tasty and just let me drink and, on Saturday nights and I'll come to church and just let me go out with the guys or let me, uh, I don't know what else I was doing, you know, just let me just live my life. Let me just live my career. Let me live my purposes. And, and, um, and then I, so I was trying to live this, like, I didn't think of it that way. Of course not. I just didn't recognize who he was. And so I was, I was literally, I was doing as much as me as I could while still having a bit of him on the side. And I was a Christian. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was in, I was going to heaven. So it was great. I was, it was great for about five years. And, um, 
And, and, then, and then there was a point where, um, I, I, I tell you what, like that, the, 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 the part that I was holding on to, um, it, just, it just stopped having all the flavor. It's almost like the cake went bad. The cake went bad, and I just wanted frosting, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> and I remember getting jealous that my buddy had more of God in his life than I did. You know, more, you, know, you hear what I'm saying? And, and I remember going, God, I want that. I want that. I didn't have the great language for it that I would now, but I just said, I want that. I'm jealous for more of you, God. And he says, okay, let's go. And, I, and, I, and, and something happened. Just something happened when I decided I want, I want all of you in my life. I don't want my old life anymore. Oh, buddy, it was close. We had it. <laughs> it's good. It was good. <laughs> My heart knows. <laughs> um, and so I, I, there was just a point where I was like, oh, I, I don't know how to put this in words, God, but I'm jealous for you. And he just, he responded like a really good father that was waiting to hear that, waiting to, to sense that from my heart, because I don't, I don't think I said it that way. Um, and I just, the words on the, on the scripture started coming alive to me the first time. I probably read more Bible in that week than I did the past two years. All right, wow, thank you, Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was that bad, all right? <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel better. Um, and, and, and it was, and I tell you, like I was, it was just, I went on walks with the beach with the Lord and, and I was meeting homeless people that were on 40-day fasts and one guy's name was O.B. Dillon at Ocean Beach and he's on a fast, passing out, passing out bags of chips to anybody that wants them. I don't know, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know God? Tell me about him and, another, and just other people. And I remember that it was so powerful in my life. I started just going, I tell people my walk with God was like this, really vanilla, and then, and then that moment, I got jealous for him and I said, none of my life anymore, God, just your life. And I stopped doing all the things. I willfully chose to stop doing those things. It doesn't mean all the desires were gone. It means I willfully decided not to do them. All right. You have self-control for a reason, all right? Oh, Lord, take all these feelings away from me. No, just manage them better, all right? Just manage those, that big sexual feeling you got. Like, you, you were supposed to have sexual desires. You're supposed to have desires for fun, for passionate things, for, for having fun. Don't look at me that way, you guys. <laughs> you're, these, you're supposed to manage them. These are all good things, but if, if you don't know how to manage them, you're going to go unrestrained. If you don't have a vision for your emotions, for your, your passions, for your desires in life, you, you, will, you will go unrestrained. You'll literally perish and, and you won't know how to follow him. Does that make sense? But the beautiful thing is we have the Holy Spirit who teaches us how many things? All things. So the Holy Spirit's going to help you with that. So I, I, I was just got really excited about God. Fast forward a couple of years, I started learning about I, I started learning about um, the Holy Spirit a little bit. Just like when the Holy Spirit shows up, He's going to show up. Yeah, He's going to show up. And and then we went to find all these little worship gatherings because my church didn't really do the Holy Spirit much. Um, just what I mean is didn't show much attention to the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I just went other places um, on, on like Saturday nights. Went to his warehouse and we'd worship and, and, and the worship would just be so free. And it was just like, like, it was just like the end of the worship circle, if you remember that old band. And it was like so freeing and just the you know, djembes and cajones. And, and I, my heart had never felt worship like this. Now, we're a very 
We are very like just spoiled in a sense. Um, just we just get incredible worship that's just that's just full of God. And so I started finding this stuff. My, my I started becoming aware of the presence of God. You guys love the presence of God? Come on, we named the church after it. Let's go, right? So I started being aware of all this stuff, but I still didn't understand who the Holy Spirit was. I was still just seeking the feeling that I got when the worship got really good. Or that when someone prayed for me and I felt his presence and they said, that's the Holy Spirit, Jesse. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go, right? <laughs> and so, and so I, I just started doing that and I got to see miracles, which is by the Holy Spirit, but I still didn't know who he was. I got to prophesy and the Holy Spirit spoke through me, but I still didn't know who he was. And then my friend, Chris Kildosher, a lot of you guys know him. I just, it's how I met him is crazy. I don't want to get into it, but he showed up at our prayer room. Uh, we, do, we, did, we did 24-hour prayer, which was actually only two hours a week. And, and we, we, we prayed for those two hours. And during one of those times, Chris came into the prayer house and it was just full of two of us. And, and we were praying our hearts and he comes in and we're literally like on the ground laughing or doing some crazy thing. I had something about there's a door in heaven and we we're just looking at the door getting blasted. And, um, and he comes in, I'm thinking to myself, he is going to be so wigged out, like I've never met this guy, but he's going to be really offended. And if you know Chris, <laughs> he was not offended. Um, and so uh, um, he's just a good friend of ours. And so he's, he actually used to be one of the leaders of the church, just friggin' powerhouse, just great man of God. He's living in Omaha. Um, you should message him right now. Tell him you love him. Um, anyway, so he starts talking. We start, I start meeting with him, hanging out with him, driving around. And he starts telling me this thing that, you know, Jesse, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person and he wants to be friends with you. And I know a lot of you guys started your Christian walk this way. I didn't. I had years of not understanding any of this stuff. And when I heard that the Holy Spirit wanted to be friends with me, just something, just something like short-circuited in my mind that like, that's the Holy Spirit. He's a per And then I just started just learning and growing. And, and, and that, that's, listen, you guys, we, if, if we want to get to know the Father, if we want to get to know Jesus, we have to get to know the one that's supposed to teach us all about them. See, we can read all about the Father in heaven and Jesus in the flesh is in heaven. Jesus. I'm so glad we let the kids in the service. If we want to get to know Jesus, the man with fire in his eyes, we have to get to know the one that will lead us to Jesus, that will, that will literally teach us all about Jesus. Well, I thought Jesus was inside of me. Come on, that's a good question, right? Especially if you don't know the answer, right? <laughs> the spirit of Jesus is inside of you. It's the spirit. Jesus in the flesh is seated in heaven with the Father. Remember Stephen? Stephen in the Bible, New Testament in Acts. Stephen was, was, was declaring the gospel, preaching the gospel, and he gets stoned by a bunch of, by, I think it was Pharisees. And, and, and the heavens open up, and who's there? But the Father and Jesus. Who was on earth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with Stephen to endure and to preach and to be a witness. Isn't that awesome? Did you ever notice that? This is the Trinity. They're all right there. 
all in two scriptures. It's great. So who's the Holy Spirit? I'm going to go through four things. Four things. There's a lot of things, so forgive me if I miss it. I don't have so much time, and I, we've already prayed that I would be succinct, okay? <laughs> and it's not for your sake that I'm succinct. It's for the 40, 50 kids that are behind that wall to be succinct, all right? Just hear my heart. Like, you don't have to be succinct. Oh, I do. We already lost one, right? So... <laughs> See, number one, the Holy Spirit is a person and he's intimate. Say intimate. And he's close. Like we know this, right? Oh, the Lord, Lord, you're closer than the air I breathe. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, the Holy Spirit is closer than the air I breathe. See, the Holy Spirit um, is, is, is God. Did you know that? I remember the first day we were reading Good Morning Holy Spirit in our home group back in San Diego. We just got married and, and we started telling people, Hey, you guys, you know what we just learned? That the Holy Spirit is actually God. <laughs> I know, you guys have been... <laughs> I know, you, like, like I said, all you guys got this on like day two of salvation. I was just getting it like years later, all right? The Holy Spirit is God. Do you know what that means? That he's the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was there. Oh, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So the Holy Spirit is, do you know what? Can you worship God the Father? Yes. Can you worship Jesus? Yes. Can you worship the Holy Spirit? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that Holy Spirit was to be worshipped. And even to say it, I think it feels a little awkward because we don't say it that way, right? And we got a little bit pushback from our group, right? I had some conversations to have back before I was ever a pastor. I was pastoring. And so... Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to be worshipped, right? It, they, and they don't get jealous. There's no jealousy. The Father's just like, man, I wish I was down there on earth. I bet I'd get more attention. No. No, they're one. They are completely one in, in, in body. I don't understand. It's the Trinity. If you understand it. But, but I do know that the Holy Spirit is a person. And he's intimate. And he wants to be close to you. He wants to fellowship I thought, about, I thought about putting a Star Wars clip up there with like Yoda lifting out the, 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 the uh, what do they call that thing? That's not the, is it the X-Wing? Yeah, it's the X-Wing. It's not the other one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we have some great Star Wars fans in here. I do know that. Um, <laughs> but he's like, he's like lifting, I was going to have, I was going to make Penny Pappy because she has little clips, you know, and there was going to lift it up by the force and I was going to have all these little force clips. Listen, the Holy Spirit sometimes feels like the force. May the force be with you. And it's cool, right? It's kind of cool. It's like, all right, Star Wars, it gets it. It gets it, right? It's, uh, what are those Metalorians or something like that that are like, oh, there's, it's the force. Woo. <laughs> and then we say, well, brother, do you know the Holy Spirit? Woo. I mean the force? But I think that's how we treat him. I think that's how we treat the Holy Spirit. Right? It's like, oh, the Holy Spirit's here. <laughs> right? It's like, I feel the wind. It's the Holy Spirit. Like, it's just, like, the, he's all those things. But he's not this impersonal, ethereal force that we call upon. Romans 8, 16, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8, 26, for we did not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit 
himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. See, the Spirit is, is a himself. It's a person. It's a person that actually wants to, it actually wants to help. It, it, the Holy Spirit has a mouth. The Holy Spirit has a, has, a, has a belly that groans. It has vocal cords. The Holy Spirit groans because sometimes you don't know how to. The Holy Spirit knows how to pray to the Father. The Holy Spirit knows, this is the Holy, this is the one that we're given to us. And it's not just a force like in our, in our pancreas or something like that, our liver. Like he's somewhere in there, where is he? But the Holy Spirit is in us. I don't understand it, but he's a person and he's in us. And we're called to have fellowship with him. See, what we see in the Bible is that the Holy Spirit can be grieved, Right? We can do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, Catherine Coleman uh, is, is, is said to have walked into her meetings all wild and everyone's crazy and worshiping and she'll come in and she'll say, stop, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And she stops the whole meeting right there. It was said in the Azusa Street Revival that, um, that they were so jealous for the presence of God, for the Holy Spirit, the person in the room, that, that, that um, people would stand up and they'd preach, a, they'd say a word of, of encouragement, they'd sit back down. Somebody who would stand up and leave, read a, a verse. And all the while, um, William Seymour was sitting in the front row with a, with a milk carton over his head. Some say praying in tongues, some say just waiting on the Lord. And, and, and anytime someone, every now and then someone would stand up and they'd say something that was in the flesh. It wasn't from the Lord. And the person would say, brother, brother, sit down. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And they'd tell them to sit down. They were that concerned about the Holy Spirit being grieved. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He's got these emotions. I know how, can you, because the Father, does, the, does Jesus, I don't know, but the, the Spirit can he can be resisted. He can even be insulted. And he, the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal, emotionless force that we conjure up like an incantation. I say this stuff because sometimes we feel it. I've been in enough, enough meetings, right? Not as many as I used to. Now I just want to spend time with him <laughs> and my family. Um, but he's all these things. And we just got to recognize that. So how do you live? How do you, how do you live with this, like, is he temperamental? Is he insecure? Like, why is he getting insecure? What, what? Why is he being, like, isn't he secure in himself? I have all sorts of stuff that goes through my head when I preach. I pray. I pray the right stuff comes out every time. <laughs> But listen, you guys, we have to recognize he's not insecure. He's just, he's just really concerned about one thing, that the Holy Spirit wants one thing. And if you choose to do something else, I, I honestly believe the Holy Spirit's going to step back a little bit, not disconnect from you, but I believe he's going to be like, what's going on with you, man? Why are you doing that? Why would you say that to that person? Why would you put that offense in your heart? Why would you go down that road tonight? And I believe the Holy Spirit's like, he's all in. He's not running from you. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your bad choices. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit isn't like this like emotionless force that no matter what you do, he's going to be good with it. And, and we want that. We want a guide. We want a teacher. We want someone that's going to discipline us. We want someone that's going to like, like hey, buddy. Let that anger go. Choose peace right now. 
And you can all, and you have the choice to say, get off me. I'm not going to choose peace. I want to be angry for a bit. And he's going to be like, okay. <laughs> or okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I know Bill Johnson said this one time. How do you walk with the, with the presence of the, with the, how do you walk with the Holy Spirit? And he said, like, the, the Holy Spirit is, is symbolized as a dove in the New Testament. How would you walk if you had a dove sitting on your shoulder? You'd walk really carefully, Right? And I love that because I think it's important. It's important to walk in, in such a way, live your life in such a way that everything you do matters. Your ability to be kind to the person in front of you, to love the person like Christ loved them, matters. And so walk in such a way that glorifies God. Are you going to get it perfect? Absolutely not. Not, not right now, not every time. Most of the time, sure, let's go there. A lot of the time, absolutely. Every single time, I don't know where you're at with him. But that's the goal, right? So he's intimate and close. He is the person of God on the earth right now. Number two, he desires fellowship. Say fellowship. fellowship. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Paul says, it says, now this is a, his benediction to the end of, of his chapter. It says, now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that neat? All three of the Trinity are right there, right? It's cool. He's, he's, he's laying this out. Now, may the grace of Jesus, right? The grace of Jesus Christ that was bought and paid for on the cross, may the love of God, the Father that thinks you're freaking, oh, I can't say that. Darn it. That says you're incredibly amazing. I got a Yelp review one time for saying that word. So I'm working hard not to say it. Plus, I'm not allowed to say it in my family yet. But the military, that's like the... When, dang it, I'm sorry for that story. The military, you, it's every other word. And I was in the military for a while, if you didn't know. So it's, I got nine years of habits to break. Listen, God the Father is infatuated with you. With one glance of your eye, he becomes overwhelmed, Song of Solomon says. He is so in love with you, it's insane. Just believe it, receive it, it's true. But then it says this, but, but, but what I want is I want the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can you have fellowship with the Father? Absolutely. Can you have fellowship with Jesus? Absolutely. But he's given us the Holy Spirit on earth so we have fellowship with him. There's a partnership that he wants. He wants us to walk in hand in hand with the, with the, with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to turn to Revelations real quick. And I just, I just love this. <laughs> it's like, I love the murmuring. Did you just say Re- Revelations? Yes. Are we going to go to Revelations? I just... There's nothing good that happens in Revelations. <laughs> Sorry. Revelations 22, the very last book of the Bible. It's a good one. Amen. There's a lot of good. Don't be afraid of the book of Revelations. So verse 16, Jesus. He's, remember, this is the book of Revelations. You probably know this, but it's John. John is having an open vision. It's an open vision. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. He's having an open vision and, and literally all, like heaven is opening up and he's seeing all this crazy stuff and it ends with this. The, the, whole, the whole vision ends with this. The Bible ends with this. Jesus, Jesus says this. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. 
I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride, you know who we are? We're the bride. We're the bride. We're the betrothed, right? And so the spirit and the bride are fellowshipping in revelations. We're we're co-laboring in this act, and we both say, come. Isn't that amazing? It's so fun. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. And two verses later in verse 20, it says, he who testifies these things says, and this is Jesus, he says, yes, I am coming quickly. Isn't that awesome? Holy Spirit, the person, right? This intimate person that Jesus gave us as a seal and a promise to our salvation, never be taken away. We have him forever. And he's with us right here, right now. And he says, and him and I together, we're looking at each other eye and eye. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Come. Come, Jesus. I love the Passion Translation. It says it this way. It says, uh, it says, come, says the Holy Spirit and the bride in divine duet. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, come. Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, come. And let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely. Come. Woo. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't that amazing? A witness. Wow. We're called to be friends in fellowship, connected, engaged, all this stuff. Sometimes we say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. I need more of you. We don't, we don't get to obtain any more of him. We have all of him. We have all the fellowship you're ever going to need. He's with you right now. The goal is not to get more of Holy Spirit. The goal is to become closer relationally with the Holy Spirit. Relationally. Why? Because you're a relational being. You are a relational being. Why are you a relational being? Because there was someone that you were going to have to do relationship with. See, at salvation, we surrender all of our lives to him. Then we spend the rest of our days learning how to die to ourselves and give our lives to him. Right? Some of you guys maybe identify with like, I'm trying to hold on to half my, half my life and still be a Christian. You, you can be saved and kind of live like that, I think. I guess it just depends in your heart if you truly dis, you know, believe in him and want to follow him. But the Holy Spirit is the one that we're called to walk with so we learn how to lay our life down. So number three, so number, number two, number one, he's intimate and close. Number two, he desires fellowship. And number three, he's a teacher. There's two more of these. I'm going to read John 14, 26 again. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. 
See, the Holy Spirit, if you want to learn about what the kingdom of heaven is like, build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't build a relationship with podcasts. Don't build a relationship with a preacher. Although, let's be friends. (laughs) Build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What's that look like? Spend time with him. You want to learn and be taught by God? Spend time with him. And maybe not in a big group. Maybe just sometimes in a big group. Paul, one of the great revelators of the New Testament, much of the New Testament is written by him. He says in Galatians 1.12, he, uh, he says, I did not receive any of this revelation from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, what's he saying? It's the spirit of Jesus Christ that he was communing with, right? Because that's who's on, on earth. So Paul, everything he knows, all the revelation that we get to read was just by the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit. I know him. We're friends. We're close. Like he likes me. I'm quirky and he still likes me. He likes the way I pray. He likes the way you pray. Did you know that? Some of you guys are too hard on yourself when you pray. Just chat. By the way, on prayer, it's interesting that it was in a prayer meeting that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. I believe believe intimacy with God starts and ends with prayer. And and, and I don't just mean like, oh, I'm always praying. I'm unceasingly praying for God, with God, for him, around him. I'm in constant prayer. My life is a prayer. I'm God. (laughs) Listen, I I hear all the excuses of why we don't stop and spend time sitting with him, getting uncomfortable if this is you, and talking to him, praying with him. Father, I love you. Thank you, God. Thanks for sending your Holy Spirit here. I just, by the way, you can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can pray to Jesus. You can pray to the Father. It doesn't matter. Don't get caught up in this because my mind sometimes still spins. I'm like, well, who could I talk to now? I don't know. (laughs) I used to talk to Jesus. Now I can't talk to him. I got to talk to the Holy Spirit. Like, come on, on. some of you are with me on that one. It doesn't, don't don't mix this up, right? They're all one. You're talking to the Holy Spirit, you're talking to them all. They're one. They're the Holy Spirit, the three in one. So just, just hang out with God. But just recognize when you hang out, it's the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I love um, uh, Luke 12, 11. NASB says it this way. Now when you, they bring you before the synagogues and the officials and the authorities. Maybe it's your work, it's your office, other students. Do not worry about how or what you will speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. I'll say it differently with the passion. It says, don't worry about defending yourself or how to answer their accusations. Simply be confident and allow the spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit, to access to your heart. And in that very moment, he will reveal what you are to say to them. So how's the Holy Spirit gonna speak through you? He's gonna, he's gonna grab a hold of you, your heart, your soul. He's gonna grab you. And he's gonna speak to your heart and you're gonna be like, I know the answer. I hear a story. I think I was talking to Keith the other day. He was taking a test online. And literally, he just, the Holy Spirit started telling him answers. He had no idea what it was. And he got like one of the highest grades. I said, Keith, you should study next time. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher, right? Amen. All right, last one. He is the power. 
He is the Holy Spirit is the power of God on the earth. He is the power. He's the power of God. Listen, he, he was the Holy Spirit was, was the was was the power that created the oceans, right? He he brooded over the waters, the Holy Spirit. He was breathe, he was the power that got breathed into, into the into, into the into Adam and made Adam. He was the power, like I said, was with Stephen when he was being stoned, preaching, when he was able to stay there and say, forgive them. He was the power that stood in front of Moses in the Red Sea and ripped through it and divided it in two. He was the Holy Spirit was the power that caused the walls of Jericho to come crumbling down. It, you got to recognize this is the whole, this is the person we get to hang out with. This is the person of the Holy Spirit that maybe he was walking around those with him seven times. Maybe he was just brooding over it, hanging out, flying around. I don't know. But, but the Holy Spirit was the one that caused the walls to crash down. He was the one that was in Samuel, that was in Elijah on Mount Carmel. He was that the fire came down. He, the Holy Spirit is that Holy Spirit. He's the power behind every miracle we'll ever see. He's the power behind the miracles we see here and everywhere we go. Yeah, I come to worship. Come, come up too. I'm gonna. We're gonna f- end with worship. Yay! Um, he's the power. He's he's all of these things. We can we can get a lot of good things in the church without the Holy Spirit. We can greet people really well. We can serve good, tasty coffee. Um, we can fix houses. We can do yard work. We can do all these things. We can pray for people. But if, if we start without the Holy Spirit, we don't need him to continue it. Yeah. And so um, I, just, I, I, I just really want us to, I want us to, I don't want us to fixate and overthink this because sometimes we'll, we'll do that. But I want you to recognize that it's important that we know who this Holy Spirit man is. We, we, we oftentimes, I wanted to do one last thing as we, as we jump into worship. We, and you can maybe start playing a little bit. And just, and just, oh. <laughs> we, we call their church presence about five years ago, um, mostly because we asked people in the group that was meeting before the church started, what, what, what do you think, what do you feel the most about these groups? Like what, when you think of our, our home group, like what, what do you, what do you, what, what, what words come out of your mouth? And the word that kept popping up was the word presence, his presence, God's presence, Holy Spirit, all that stuff. Here's the deal though. We oftentimes will be like, come, I love your presence. I love, I love, I love your presence. And I know for me personally, I can't speak to anybody else, but I, for me personally, sometimes I just, I just think there's going to be a, like his, his, his ethereal smoke cloud is going to fill the room as his presence. And um, I think it's really easy for us to disconnect the relational side of that. It's really easy for us to get all caught up in his presence. And I want to get caught up in his presence. But it's easy to feel like it's just a thing. It's just a force that we're asking to come into the room. And I'll tell you, man, I just, I, I want, I want, I don't want, to me, that's the, that's, the, that's the beginning of religion right there. 
where we, where we forget about the relational side of this God that didn't want to be impersonal. He didn't want to be emotionless to us. He wanted to be intimately connected. And even in our worship, you know, when you're just kind of going wild or whatever, he still wants to be the one you're, you're connected with. So um, I'm not saying you have to overly analyze this stuff. If you're rolling around the floor and you're trying to figure out where the person of the Holy Spirit is, now's not the time to figure that out. But when you begin to worship, I just encourage you, just think, Holy Spirit, where are you in the room? Because you're a person. And you're a person. You might fill the room, Holy Spirit. But where are you? I worship you, Holy Spirit. Father, I love you. I give you glory. Why don't you stand with me? I'm gonna... We're going to worship for a little bit. And... Father, I just pray that you would... I pray that you would uh, you would help us. Help us um, not, not be confused about the Trinity and all that stuff, God, but help help our hearts really connect with the Holy Spirit, really connect with the Father and really connect with Jesus. And help us to be all in not half and half. Yeah. And right now, I just want to pray for a couple of you guys. We might pray again at the end, but I just want to pray. I felt like like today, that this, just so strongly, when God brought to mind that I was living half and half for him, that there's, there's, there's maybe one person, maybe five people in this room that you're living half for half for him, that there's a part of you, you're still, you're still trying to figure out how I can do me and my family, my life, my work, my career, my finances, my, uh, my love life, all that stuff. You're still trying to figure out how I can do my thing while still worshiping him on the side. And right now, I, I, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit right now that you, he, would, he would convict hearts of true love. Of a, of a life fully laid down. And if that's, if that's you, I'll just say you know what to do if you want to. So Father, Father, lead us into all truth. Lead us in, into the path that you would have for us, God. And we just worship you this morning. We're just gonna end on worship for a little bit and I'll come up and close this in a minute. enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon, we pray you experience all God has for your life. Because the